Asa Newell, a top 15 recruit in the class of 2024, is in Spokane, taken in the sights and sounds of Gonzaga. Could Mark Few land among the highest rated recruits in program history? And what would a commitment from Newell mean for this team's future? You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. we got some conference realignment to discuss later in the show. No news is probably not great news on the conference realignment front. We're also going to close out the show, talk about Philip Petrusev. Got a couple of good and not so great updates on Petrusev to finish out the show, but we're going to lead off the show today talking about Asa Newell. We've talked about him a couple of times on the podcast, you everyday listeners. Shout out to you, by the way. Thank you to all of you who make this show your first listen or watch of the day. Those of you who have been checking out the show regularly know we've talked about Newell a handful of times, a priority recruit for Gonzaga in the class of 2024, and he's in Spokane. He is visiting right now as we are speaking, or depending when you're listening to this, I suppose, but he reportedly got to campus on Tuesday. Is going to be there for a couple of days, reported by Joe Tipton on Twitter at Tipton Edits. This is a huge visit for Gonzaga. Asa Newell is a top-ranked player in the class of 2024. He is the top-ranked small forward, or excuse me, power forward at 24-7 Sports' composite rankings for the class of 2024. He's number 11 in the entire class as a composite ranking. 24-7 Sports individually has him 17th. There's a couple other places I think on three has him in the top 10. So he is a top 15, assuredly top 20 prospect in the class of 2024 at this point. Right now, were he to commit to Gonzaga, he would be the third highest rated recruit in program history behind two players you have probably heard of, Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs. This would push Newell ahead of Hunter Salas. Uh, he'd be ahead of Zoom Diallo should Zoom Diallo also commit to Gonzaga. We'll talk about him momentarily. Regardless, Newell is unquestionably a high-priority target for Gonzaga. And the reasoning is fairly simple. We talked about this with Marcus, Marcus Adams Jr., who we've talked about quite a bit in the last week as well. This is the kind of player that Gonzaga doesn't often land in recruiting. Small forwards, power forwards, small ball fours, that kind of 3-4 hybrid, like athletic, high-scoring wings haven't really been Gonzaga's MO on the recruiting trail. They sometimes end up with these guys, but you end up with uh, with players who maybe are stretch fours the way that Julian Strother was, although he played more at the three, the way that Corey Kispert was. He played a lot at the four. Rui Hachimero is kind of a 3-4 hybrid, and those guys are good athletes, don't get me wrong, but... Gonzaga hasn't landed a lot of players who were super highly touted small forward prospects in high school. Strother was top 50-ish. Rui wasn't ranked accurately because recruiting services don't rank international players very well because how could they? It would be very difficult to do. Corey Kispert was extremely underrated. He was outside the top 120 and ended up going 15th in the NBA draft a few years later. So more of a development story than necessarily a a win. I mean, it was a win for them recruiting wise, but it wasn't the kind of player that they're pursuing here in Newell or Adams. This is kind of a new type of player for Gonzaga to go after the high level athlete, uh, extreme 
highly rated three, four hybrid players. Newell is six foot nine. He is 205 pounds and he went to, or is going to Mount Verde Academy in Florida. And that's critical because first instinct is Florida. Wow. That's really far away from Spokane, Washington. Why is there a connection there? Gonzaga's had a lot of players come out of Mount Verde Academy. Mount Verde is a basketball powerhouse in Florida. Newell's initially from Georgia. He transferred to Mount Verde like many players do to finish out his high school career. Philip Petrusev, who we will talk about later in the show, he spent a couple of years at Mount Verde Academy, as did the Nemparts. And I think that's a key here. Andrew Nemphard, of course, went to Mount Verde Academy, started his college career at Florida, transferred to Gonzaga. You all know the rest of the story there. Ryan Nemphard won a title at Mont Verde Academy before going to Creighton, spent two years at Creighton, transferred to Gonzaga. Hopefully the rest of the story for Mr. Ryan Nempard will go as successfully as it did for his brother. But that means three recent Mont Verde stars have ended up in a Gonzaga uniform. And so for, for the Zags, they have a connection. They have a connection with the program. They have a connection with the coaching staff. And for the players, they can sell them on like, hey, look, guys have come through this program. They've come through our program. Look what they are. Andrew Nembard's in the NBA, making millions of dollars. Philip Petrusev, kind of a roundabout route, but he is in the NBA as well. He has signed an NBA contract for this upcoming season. Ryan Nembard, jury is still out, obviously, on where he's going to end up, but looking like a very, very promising basketball player and a likely professional in some capacity. Newell is being pursued by a whole heck of a lot of teams. He participated with Team USA in the FIBA U19 World Cup, which really helped put his stock on the rise. He played well there. He also didn't play a ton of minutes. There was guys ahead of him on the depth chart, but we saw flashes of excellence from him. He didn't shoot it particularly well. That's an area that some consistency and some growth there would be really valuable to see from him in the rest of his high school career, but hasn't stopped him from getting interest from all over the map. Indiana and Georgia are the two schools he has already visited. His older brother is at Georgia. He's not playing much, but he is on that team. So that is certainly a connection that the Georgia coaching staff is hoping to leverage into landing a very, very good recruit for them on the basketball trail. But it's outside of those two visits. He also has offers from basically a list of every premier basketball program except for the Blue Bloods. Kansas is on this list. Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina are not. But if you were to start a list of every other premier basketball program in the United States, you would have Baylor. You would have Alabama. You would have Arkansas, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, Illinois, Texas. Like This is the kind of list you would expect to see for a top 15, top 20, top 10 at some places, caliber talent. So Mark Few's got his work cut out for him. This is not going to be an easy recruit to land in Spokane. The fact that he is there in the first place, the fact that it is the third visit he's taking, and I don't want to call Georgia like a courtesy visit because I have no idea. A week from now, he could commit to Georgia. Totally could happen. But Georgia is an outlier in the sense that they are not as premier of a program as the other programs on this list, and he is connected there via family. Now, he's also from the Georgia area, so that's a powerful pull. But for Gonzaga to be one of his first out-of-town visits, his first really far visit, Georgia to Indiana is not close, but Georgia to Spokane or Florida to Spokane, very far away. For him to come across the country to visit this school, there is obvious real interest here hopefully that continues hopefully he stays interested after visiting the school visiting the climate it's going to be real sunny and hot right now there uh, not not visiting in the winter when it might startle him a little bit to be somewhere that cold uh, Newell would be a huge 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 addition for the Zags and especially if they can land him and Zoom Diallo Zoom Diallo has been a a, a target for Gonzaga for 
years, honestly, comes out of Curtis High School in Tacoma, Washington, has transferred to prolific prep in California. Doesn't mean anything about Gonzaga's interest in him just transferring to a school that will get him a little bit more national recognition. He has a top six. Gonzaga is on there. Washington is on there. USC is on there. I don't remember every other school that's on there, but Gonzaga is, has been considered a front runner for Zoom Diallo services for a very long time. Zoom is also a top 15, top 20, borderline top 10 prospect in the class of 2024, depending on which recruiting service you are looking at. If the Zags were able to land both these guys, as well as Marcus Adams Jr., who is in the class of 2023, but again, remember, he reclassified from the class of 2024, so he's the same age as those guys. If they had that foundational building block, Zoom, Adams, and Newell, my word, this team could be something else. Those three guys in 2024, you assume Dusty Stromer comes back for his sophomore year. Maybe June Sakyo comes back for his next year, depending what's going on with him. Ben Gregg's probably back in the mix again. At this point, it's getting hard to predict how the rest of the roster looks. Anton Watson won't be around. That we know. Will Ryan Nembhard, Will Steele Venters, Will Graham E.K.? Hard to know. But if you have a foundation of youth on your roster that includes Dusty Stromer, Zoom Diallo, Asa Newell, and Marcus Adams Jr. That is a lethal combination of talent. Mark Few's got his work cut out for him, see if he can land these two guys. But man, it is exciting that they're even in these conversations. And the fact that Asa flew across the country to visit Spokane, really good sign for their chances of potentially landing a transformative athlete for the Gonzaga Athletic Program. Well, July is almost over. College football is nearing a return. Media days are done for the major conferences. And it's pretty clear that, for this year at least, the Zags are not going to be joining a new conference. What does that mean going forward for Gonzaga? More on that after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post, and then you just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. And let's be honest, the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality candidates versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, folks, thank you all again for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. We've got more fun stuff coming your way later this week. Continue to keep you updated on these recruiting trails for Asa Newell, for Zoom Diallo, for anybody else Gonzaga may or may not 
be pursuing in 2024 and 2025. We'll keep you updated on professional Zags as well when they're signing overseas like Rasir Bolton just did, when they're playing in FIBA tournaments like Philip Petrusa. We'll talk about that later. All sorts of fun updates coming your way on Locked On Zags as we get into the end of the summer months. For right now, though, we're going to revisit an old favorite a topic that has been off-discussed on Locked On Zags and everywhere in the college athletics landscape. That is, of course, conference realignment has been a huge, huge storyline really for, for multiple years, but in the last calendar year, particularly after uh, USC and UCLA shocked the college sports world and decided to join the Big Ten, which they will do after this upcoming athletic year, uh, put a lot of pressure on the Pac-12. The Big 12 started getting real riled up and antsy. They're, of course, adding Houston and BYU and Cincinnati and Central Florida. Big 12 started looking at what else can we do? Can we poach some Pac-12 schools? Can we help this conference basically fall apart? There was some drama with the ACC. It has been all sorts of chaos in the conference realignment landscape. In the midst of that has been rumor after rumor after rumor involving the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Most of those rumors have centered around the Big 12 conference. Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, has made it very clear that he wants to build a coast-to-coast conference, all four time zones, and he values basketball more than most of the other conference commissioners do. He is wanting to build a basketball powerhouse conference because he believes that there is more to gain financially and just brand awareness-wise by promoting basketball than maybe the SEC and some of those other conferences, the Big Ten, are necessarily buying into. It's kind of a a yin and yang thing, a zig and zag thing. Like everybody else is so focused on football and media footprints and all that stuff. I'm going to focus on basketball, see if I can build an already elite basketball conference into something even greater. Adding Houston was a huge step. Houston, Kansas, Baylor is a ridiculous top of a top of the line conference from a basketball perspective. It doesn't get a whole lot easier when you get further and further down the line and you look at Texas Tech and you look at Iowa State, you look at it's been a bit of a chaotic offseason for West Virginia, but historically you look at West Virginia, there's many other programs in the Big 12 that are going to compete significantly uh, on the basketball landscape as well. But the rumors persisted. Gonzaga and the Big 12. Your Mark visiting with Gonzaga, visiting with Mark Few, talking to the athletic director. Gonzaga hired a firm to help them kind of navigate the conference realignment process. And yet here we are. No more moves are going to happen this summer. I think we can feel pretty confident in saying that. And despite all sorts of conversation, nothing really happened since the last time that there was a big move with USC and UCLA. The Pac-12 is the Pac-10. And that appears to be the case going forward. They did not add San Diego State. They did not add Southern Methodist. They did not add any of the other schools that they were rumored to be considering, like Boise State or Fresno State or UNLV or Tulane or some of those other programs. They didn't add anybody. They clearly tried to add San Diego State. Lots of drama around that. San Diego State apparently uh, said they were leaving the Mountain West and said, no, we're not leaving the Mountain West. The Mountain West said, no, you said you were leaving the Mountain West. And then they got to an agreement. They figured it out. San Diego State for now, still a member of the Mountain West Conference. Nothing really changed. So for Gonzaga, what does this mean? Not really anything. I don't think it means necessarily that the Big 12 is no longer interested in Gonzaga, but it is worth pointing out that a lot of rumors started flying about the Big 12 showing interest in other programs. 
Gonzaga was the flavor of the month for a while. They got all sorts of attention. And then suddenly, UConn got all the attention. Not incredibly hard to see why. They just bulldozed their way through the NCAA tournament, won their fifth national championship in the last 25 years. That would do it. UConn also has a football team. Not a great football team. Jim Mora is doing his best to turn that program around. It's possible a move to the Big 12 would help them start to compete on the football landscape, but no doubt they would add a huge power to the conference from a men's basketball perspective. Is UConn really going to leave the Big East again after leaving the Big East 10 years ago and regretting it and coming back? I don't know. Perhaps. I get why Brett Yormark and the Big 12 is interested. There's also rumors that the Big 12 is interested in St. John's and Syracuse. How seriously? Hard to say. The ACC is pretty locked in to what they have with Syracuse, so I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. St. John's, not a football school. Is it a more appealing brand than Gonzaga? It's not my decision to make. (laughs) Somebody else has got to decide that. St. John's is not as good of a basketball program recently. Historically, you can make an argument. Even then, it's questionable. But St. John's has a lot of money. I mean, they have a lot, a lot of money. And they're in New York. Those are really hard factors to ignore. St. John's has more money than Gonzaga, and Gonzaga is located in Spokane, and St. John's is located right in the heart of New York. So I think the Big 12 has found other options to be maybe as interesting, maybe more interesting, maybe not even as interesting as Gonzaga, but just other options that they could pursue. Whether that means Gonzaga took a step back and said, hey, we're good, whether that means the Big 12 said, hey, we're just we're not as interested yet, maybe we'll circle back around to you later, I don't know. I don't know what all the conversations that have happened there, but for Gonzaga, I don't think they're going to do anything. They're not going to look at the Big 12 not inviting them into the conference this go-around and say, well, screw that. I guess we're just going to hop ship and jump into the Pac-12. I don't think that that's going to happen. A, the Pac-12 has continued to show no interest in inviting Gonzaga into the conference, even though they are pretty desperate for some help at this point. So there's not really any reason to assume that's going to happen. I don't think the Big East is going to do it. It would be very odd if UConn left the Big East and the Big East tried to replace them by adding Gonzaga. You never know. It could happen. Uh, The Big East name would be uh, questionable at that point, and Gonzaga would have some murderous travel that they would have to do if they wanted to join that conference. But it's a basketball power conference, so perhaps there could be some interest there. But overall, the conclusion I think we can come to right now is that Gonzaga had the ability to be choosy, had the ability to be a little picky, and at no point did they indicate they were in a hurry. And I think that's the key, and I hammered that home every time we talked about conference realignment, because when you read the stories and you read the headlines and you see the tweets, it starts to feel like everything's moving really fast and it's happening super suddenly, and next week Gonzaga's going to be in the Big 12, and it's just, it's it's kind of happening all at once. And that was never presented as the case for Gonzaga. They continued to say, we are happy in the WCC. We are exploring our options. We are having the conversations. We are hiring the firms, but we are not unhappy in the WCC. And I have no reason not to believe them. Would they accept an invitation to the Big 12 if given it? Yes, absolutely. Who wouldn't? Why wouldn't you? It would be silly not to. Assuming, of course, that the that the Big 12 is offering all the sports and you're able to you know, make that work financially and all that stuff, which I'm sure is part of the hangup. The Big 12 is offering you X amount of money. Is that reasonable? Is it worth moving to the Big 12 to take what is going to be a pay raise, but is going to be mitigated by the fact that you have to pay for your baseball team and your tennis teams and whomever else to travel a lot farther every single time they need to go to a conference 
match, game, tournament, whatever. So there's a lot of factors, many that we're not super privy to, many that, you know, it's unclear how important they even are, how far they got along in those conversations, in those processes. But for right now, Gonzaga's content in the WCC. Big 12 seems fairly content with where they're at and they're continuing to explore options. And I imagine Gonzaga is among those options. Maybe they have moved down the list. Maybe that means Gonzaga won't get invited to the Big 12. That's possible. Does that mean they're stuck in the WCC forever? Heck no. Maybe the Pac-12 will come around. Maybe the Big East will come around. Maybe something, maybe the Pac-12 will dissolve and they'll build some new conference. There's a whole bunch of things that could happen. And so for right now, we kind of just have to sit and wait. It was fun to explore the options this offseason. But now, as the calendar is about to flip to August, we're about done. And I think we turn our attention to next year and maybe around this time next year or, or earlier in the summer, we'll have some more conversations about realignment. Maybe the Big 12 stuff will pick up. Maybe something else will happen. But for right now, I think we can kind of put this conversation to rest as we get closer and closer to really the college football season, but eventually the start of the academic year for college athletics. Well, we're going to close out the show today discussing Philip Petrusev. He's joining the Serbian FIBA squad, which is a fun update. He also had a harrowing ordeal in Greece that we're going to talk about coming up right after this. All right, folks, segment three, Stony Patton still locked on Zag, still jumping on here to talk all things Zag athletics. We talked recruiting in the first segment. We talked conference realignment in the second segment. Two of the biggest regular conversations that we're having on Locked on Zags these days. And now we're going to close out the show talking about Philip Petrusev, a guy we've talked about a lot more this summer than I think we've talked about him for the last couple of years, in part because he got an invitation to come to the United States, play in summer league with the Philadelphia 76ers, and he signed a deal, drafted by them in 2021, spent two seasons overseas, one in Serbia, one in Turkey, and didn't get the opportunity to stick with Philadelphia. This year, they said he's ready, we're ready for him, and we're going to sign him to a legitimate contract. Huge welcome news for Philip Petrusev, a guy who's wanted to play in the NBA for who knows how long, uh, got the opportunity, took it in a circuitous route, not the same way that most guys do. Fun to see guys who go to the Europe and come back to the NBA uh, by my count, he's the third Zag to do that behind Jeremy Pargo and Kevin Pingos, uh, at least in that order. Nigel Williams-Goss, I think, was briefly in the NBA, then in Europe, then back in the NBA. Jonathan Williams pinballed back and forth a couple of times as well. But I believe those guys started in the NBA before they went to Europe. Regardless, the latest updates on Petrusev. One, he has been named to the Serbian FIBA World Cup preliminary roster, joining Many other Zags who are set to participate in the FIBA World Cup tournament this summer. Uh, of course, Kevin Pangos and Kelly Olenek are going to represent Canada. Uh, I believe Rui is not planning to represent Japan, so he's out there. Chet Holmgren is on the kind of taxi squad for Team USA right now. Um, DeMontis Tabonis, I believe, is going to participate with Lithuania, although I am not 100% sure on that. And now we get the news. Philip Petrusev invited to the preliminary roster for Serbia. He got invited alongside Bogdan Bogdanovic, Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, Jovic, who's on the Miami Heat, uh, and Alexi Pokuzevsky, uh, who's on the Oklahoma City Thunder, teammates with Chet Holmgren. Uh, part of the reason he got invited is because a handful of Serbian players chose not to participate, including Nikola Jokic, who is not going to participate after a long NBA season winning a championship for the Denver Nuggets. So for those of you hoping to see Petrusev compete alongside 
two-time MVP Nikola Jokic, that will not be the case. But it did potentially open up a role for Petrusev to join the roster. Uh, the, our, their first game for the Serbian team in the FIBA World Cup is August 26th against China. They are in a group alongside Puerto Rico and South Sudan. Again, FIBA World Cup's going to, every time you turn on a game, good chance you're going to see some zags. Uh, and that's very fun to see this team that has been such a melting pot of adding talent from a variety of different countries, variety of different nationalities, languages, et cetera, uh, to see that kind of come to fruition in the FIBA tournament and see so many different Zags playing with different uniforms on. One of my favorite parts of the year, every single year, and I'm excited that Petrusev will get to be a part of it. However, there's one more update on Philip Petrusev. This comes, most of the story came from his girlfriend's Instagram account. Um, he had to run away from a fire, like a serious fire. There's really bad wildfires right now in Greece. Uh, feels like we're hearing stories about wildfires and floods and various other um, climate-related disasters these last couple of years. I won't say a whole lot more than that, other than it's happening, whether we want to believe it or not. Uh, with Petrusev, the story, it's just kind of disjointed story from, again, from his girlfriend, Tiana Sumakovic's Instagram account. It sounds like he and his girlfriend were, first they were at a beach, uh, and they were trying to get away from these wildfires in Greece. And they were about 10 kilometers away from them. But the smoke was so bad that they were having trouble breathing. So they ran away. They ran to a hotel. They waited for rescue at the hotel. And nobody showed up. And so they had to run again because the fires were just getting closer and closer and closer to them. And they walked and looked for shelter for hours. Hours together walking through this smoke, fog, madness, chaos in Greece, just looking for somebody to help them, looking for shelter, looking for somewhere to go to feel safe and secure. Over 20,000 people were evacuated during these wildfires in Greece. Petrusev and his girlfriend, of course, eventually reached Belgrade, Serbia, the capital there. They reached safely. They're okay. No major issues to report on their end, I imagine, considering the chaos that they went through, that there was many other people who were far less fortunate uh, in this circumstance. And Hats off to Philip, you know, happy that he's okay, happy that he's safe, happy that everybody, uh, you know, involved with him and his family is, is okay after this ordeal. But another really scary incident of something happening that, you know, could, could have gone a lot worse. So happy for Petrusev, happy that everything is okay there and happy he's going to get a chance to participate and represent his home country of Serbia uh, on the big stage of the FIBA World Cup later in August. Well, that's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day for those of you checking us out on YouTube. Again, you can find us on YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button. You can find us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a review on iTunes. Give me a follow on Twitter. Join our Discord channel. We're setting up a fantasy football league right now on the Discord channel. There is a link posted in the show notes, whether you are on a podcast platform or on YouTube, you should be able to see that note, click on it, and you'll be able to join the Discord channel where we're chatting all things Zags all the time. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, as always, go Zags. <laughs>